Target learning this lesson very much the hard way. Finding out that, you know, maybe when you push the pride stuff just a little, little, little too much, and I mean too much, we're going to get into some of it. Uh, consumers, you know, it, it just doesn't play in Peoria, as they say. Anyway, Target earnings, we're going to get into this. It shows that, you know what, those people that everybody wants to ignore, those mainstream Americans, they got a voice. And by the way, they have wallets. And by the way, they choose how to spend their money. And it's not at Budweiser, and it's not at Target. Skittles could be next. We're going to get into all of it. Welcome to the program, everyone. Another live edition of the show. It's good to have you here. Portions of the show are brought to you by LegacyPMInvestments.com, 1-866-589-0560. Charles is going to be on the show tomorrow, so we'll talk a little economic stuff. But that is the place to go if you're interested in learning more about investing in gold or silver. Okay, so there's this expression. Have you heard of this? GWGB. If you don't know it, you need to know. I'm guessing you know it. I'm guessing you know it. Anyway, it's a brand new expression for for some people. It just got entered into the Urban Dictionary. GWGB. It stands for Get Woke, Go Broke. And aren't we seeing the true meaning of that? Really and truly. Again, Target coming in. Let me go through some of these numbers with you. Is sales down 5.4%. These are same-store sales. This includes online sales, which dropped 10.5%. You know, this company has not seen a decline in same-store sales numbers in six years. And it's not as though this was plaguing the industry. I mean, you look over at Walmart, you look at TJ Maxx, which owns things like Home Goods and Marshalls. They're doing great. So this is a Target-specific problem. And now the CEO, Brian Cornell, is coming out and admitting, yeah, you know, the, the pride thing may have had something to do with it. You think? <laughs> Look, this is, I mean, this is the best quote of all. The chief growth officer for Target said they've learned, right? The reaction now, the signal is to pause, adapt, and learn. <laughs> In other words, basics, right? Like, don't don't insult your customer. And boy, did they ever. They cut the annual forecast for the company. They cut the quarterly sales forecast for the company. They said that sales will drop again this quarter. Foot traffic alone dropped 4.8% in the quarter. And you look at the stock, wow, down 27% this year, down 16% since this whole thing unfolded in early May. And though the company saw a little bit of recovery in today's market because it's been down for so long, maybe people are like relieved. Brian Cornell, the CEO, finally admitted maybe this had something to do with the pride stuff. Maybe they've learned their lesson. Well, this stock is still struggling. And I'll tell you this no one on Wall Street was willing to talk about this. We talked about it here. I made the comparison of Anheuser-Busch. I said, this company is going to go the way of AB InBev. It's going to have a really hard time. And it was a whole bunch of stuff, too. I mean, they've got inventory they can't control. But then again, when you're selling the Tucket swimsuit and you're surprised it doesn't fly off the shelf, I don't know how to help you guys. This is the best. You've got to see this guy. He's a YouTuber named Alex Stein. And this is just fantastic. I want you to see him because he went through all the pain of going to Target and, tie, and trying on one of these Tucket swimsuits so you could at least know what it is. <laughs> Here's what you're missing out on, guys. This is not, you guys see this? It's tuck friendly. You see? Extra coverage. Extra coverage, Alex says. 
If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, we are watching Alex Stein. Who... Checking out their Tuck Friendly Pride Collection. That's right, guys. Extra crotch coverage, Tuck Friendly Construction. Thank you, Target. No, it is. So he's giving it a shot. It says it's got extra crotch coverage. Tuck Alex wants to make sure. Construction, okay. Well, let's see how Tuck Friendly it is. Okay, well, let's, let's see how wow, Tuck Friendly so it is. Tuck Friendly. Apparently so. It's He's talking to employees now. He's getting a good laugh out of everybody because people realize, you know, this is kind of funny. He's a full-grown adult male, and he's wearing a rainbow swimsuit that was really designed for a woman. But it's tuck-friendly. It's tuck-friendly. So, you know, all good. He's just making sure, just making sure it's tuck-friendly. It's really, really, really funny stuff. you got to check it out. Um, I'm going to fast forward here to a little bit of the end because he does this great scene where he starts running just to prove how tuck-friendly it is. Indeed. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Look at that. You can do pretty much anything in it. Anyway, this is the problem, right? This is the problem. They were sort of force feeding this. And that wasn't the worst of it. That wasn't the worst of it. I want to show you some other things. Because remember the satanic designer? If you don't remember this, um, let me refresh your memory. So Target came under fire because it, it had this whole pride collection, right, with onesies and stuff. And it wasn't really that that I think bothered people as much as maybe the Tucket swimsuit. And also, well, you know, they had a designer who wound up designing for them some of these onesies and stuff. But it just happened to be somebody who also designed satanic clothing. Kid you not. So here we go. Satanic clothing, Satan respects pronouns T. That was one of the things that this particular designer, that would be Eric Carnell, who was originally, I believe, I don't want to get this wrong, like born female. Um, but anyway, Eric Carnell said he's not a Satanist, but yes, uh, apparently had a whole clothing line about Satan respecting pronouns. So you do with that. I guess what you want. <laughs> anyway, this is the thing. They had these t-shirts that said Satan respects pronouns. And then it went further, guys. It actually it said, quote, Satan loves you, respects who you are. You're important and valuable in this world. You deserve to be treated with respect and love, blah, 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 blah. So what are you supposed to think as a parent? I mean, they say they're coming for your kids. <laughs> Literally. Remember that in Tompkins Square in New York City? And then you get the satanic designer designing the merchandise. I mean, is it any wonder that Target stock is down 27%, 16% since this whole thing unfolded? Maybe it picked up a little bit today. But this is a company that doesn't understand its customer. And by the way, can't seem to manage inventory and has too many buy one, get one free things. We had the former vice chairman of Target on the show just the other day. And he pointed to messy aisles. He pointed to those buy one, get one free things, which never used to be part of Target's thing, and, and a messed up inventory system. But yeah, the reality that they kind of went out too far on a limb with this pride stuff, and people were upset. So the stock is suffering. You've got other retailers doing just great, but Target is going to have, I think, a, a road ahead. You know who else was in this exact same problem and there's an interesting new development on this company. You know who I'm talking about. AB InBev, Anheuser-Busch, parent company of Bud Light. 
there's some talk that maybe the family, the original American family that started Anheuser-Busch, maybe they could buy it back. We'll get to that in a second, but first, to jog your memory. Hi. Impressive carrying skills, right? I got some Bud Lights for us. So, I kept hearing about this thing called March Madness, and I thought we were all just having a hectic month, but it turns out it has something to do with sports. And I'm not sure exactly which sport, but either way, it's a cause to celebrate. Well, that little celebration cost the company some $40 billion now and counting. They just can't figure their way out of this mess. A mess that started because, like Target, like Disney maybe, they just didn't understand their core audience. Case in point, Alyssa Heinerschneid, the now notorious executive that was running marketing, or at least the number two for marketing there at Bud Light Watch. Is having a campaign that's truly inclusive and feels lighter and brighter and different and appeals to women and to men. Mm -hmm. And representation is at sort of the heart of evolution. You've got to see people who reflect you in the work. And we had this hangover. I mean, Bud Light had been kind of a brand of fratty, kind of out of touch humor. And it was really important <laughs> that we had another approach. Yeah. That other approach, which just cost you your spot as the number one beer brand in America. Isn't that exciting? You know, what's the expression? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Guys, you were doing pretty well. You had a very loyal follow. But, you know, I guess the, the customers aren't good enough for you. Is that the idea? You got to expand, expand, expand and get that 0.01%, which is increasingly getting higher, of the trans population to buy your beer too and simultaneously manage to kind of off-put everybody else, every other hardworking sort of Regular Joe out there that used to drink Bud Light and now doesn't, clearly. I mean, Modelo is now number one. By the way, Modelo, I believe that's uh, Tap that has Modelo. That would be Molson Coors. That's the rival to Bud, ticker symbol B-U-D, which has lost $40 billion worth of market cap. Sales last quarter for Anheuser-Busch in the U.S. down $395 million. So this is a company that's really getting hurt by this entire skin, just like Target did. I mean, Target's a little different and has maybe a better shot at recovering because they sell a lot of different things and they don't have as distinct, I would say, an audience as Bud Light, Anheuser-Busch. And so maybe they can kind of find their way up. That's what the market's hoping for. That's why you see the stock trading up a little bit today. But look, Bud Light, they, they just keep trying. They've got a brand new a brand new can that they're introducing because this is somehow going to fix it all. But they've been trying things. I'm going to show you the can in a second, but look at what they've been doing. You've got commercial after commercial. They got the Clydesdales out. Nobody bought it. They got the country music out. Nobody bought it. They did this little one talking about bud times and uh, nobody bought this one either. They're trying to really showcase how they're really, you know, just got an average regular Joe kind of audience. And uh, no, people are not going for it. You see here, then they have another commercial where everybody's getting hurt. And it kind of almost looks like they're making fun of their customers in a way. It's, it's not really great. Oh, that's this one right here. You see this? Okay. So everybody like falls, gets hurt. They drop their stuff. And like, you're supposed to laugh and say, oh, it's great. I'm just going to pick up a Bud Light. Well, none of this is working. None of this is working, and so now they've got a brand new thing that they're going to do. They're introducing, what do you know, a new can. 
and you can tied to veterans. Here it is. I'll show you. So the thinking here is um, new can, same support for our nation's veterans. Our camo cans are now available nationwide. You keep trying, Budweiser. It's not flying. You know, I had a friend from St. Louis, and I remember when he got married, he and his wife, uh, they had only, by the way, you could only, whenever you hung out with him and his wife, like they could only, could only drink Bud. Choices were Bud or Bud Light. That was it, really. And, And at their wedding, it was Bud and Bud Light. And everyone in St. Louis loved Budweiser. I mean, it was like part of their pride. Really, I mean, it was just they were they were so proud of it, and they'd had family members that had worked there, and so it had a, a sense of identity there in St. Louis. And St. Louis is a very normal place, normal place with like very normal people. And this has just gotten lost, I think, with the company. Don't forget, they relocated to New York. They also got bought headliner for fifty-two billion dollars. By a Brazilian beer company. It was the merger of a Brazilian and Belgian beer company, AB InBev. InBev was the Brazilian one, AB InBev. And then now they're distributing these beers all over the world, of course. Huge conglomerate, multinational conglomerate. And the U.S. headquarters, because it's technically headquartered over in Europe, the U.S. headquarters moved from St. Louis, regular old St. Louis, to New York City. Well, what does that do? I mean, I guess you're able to recruit more people from Harvard. Your CEO went to Harvard. Alyssa Heinerschneid, she went to Harvard. (laughs) Like, you get more Harvard, folks. But you don't get people who understand who you are. And this is something that Billy Bush, who is an heir to the Bush family, as in Anheuser-Busch, and just came out with a whole book on his family, This is something that he keeps highlighting in interviews. He was on with TMZ the other day. He spoke with Tommy Lahren on OutKick just recently. I I want you to listen to this because he knows, he knows who the customers are. He said his family knows who the customers are. And just think in your, in your mind here, maybe, maybe this is the answer. I don't know. But like under current leadership, current management, this brand is going to have a hard time. Yeah, I think. I think InBev doesn't understand who their core drinker is. I, um, you know, it's a it's a um, Brazilian-based company um, that really doesn't live here in America. My family and family reigns. I talk about the history of my family. One of the things they did, they got out on trucks. They got out on. Uh, they got out and met with their customers. They knew who their drinkers were. They were with the bar owners and the restaurant owners and the and the liquor store owners. And talking to these people day in and day out, even my dad at 89 years old, 90 years old, he was still going to the bars selling Budweiser back in those days. There you go, right? It's not that hard. You have to love your customer too. You have to understand your customer, know your customer, be one with your customer. You can't look down on your customer. You cannot look down on your customer. And that inherently was the problem here. With Alyssa. I'm a businesswoman. I had a really clear job to do when I took over Bud Light. And it was, this brand is in decline. It's been in decline for a really long time. And if we do not attract young drinkers to come and drink this brand, there will be no future for Bud Light. So I had this super clear mandate. It's like, we Mm -hmm. need to evolve and elevate this incredibly iconic brand. And And in doing so, through all that evolution of that brand, 
you really destroyed it because you didn't understand the heart of what it was to be a bud drinker. Like my friends in St. Louis knew. So this company can't figure out what to do. You can introduce all the camo cans you want. You can keep coming up with new Clydesdale commercials. You can, you can play all the country music you want, but your beer drinker feels very betrayed. So interestingly, this Billy Bush, not that Billy Bush, Billy Bush from the Anheuser-Busch family, he had a, a kind of solution here. I, I, I want you to hear it and, and weigh in. Weigh in on the comments below or in the live section right here. I'd like to hear your reaction because many of you probably think nothing can save this. Here we go. I urge that company, InBev, if they don't want that brand any longer, sell it back to the Bush family. Sell it to me. I'll be the first in line to buy that uh, brand back from you, and we'll make that brand great again. <laughs> there you go. There you have it. So maybe he could. He could get a group of buyers together. Maybe, maybe just buy the Budweiser, right? Because they got all these other things. Modelo, as I said, now the number one beer which is run by Colson Moores, one of the companies that I talked about is the obvious trade, right? In the, in the days that this was first unfolding, because, well, it was going to benefit. People can very easily switch to Coors Light or Molson Coors or, or um, well, as they did Modelo. And that's exactly what has happened. So you'd think the companies would start to learn their lesson. You'd think, right? But they're like gluttons for punishment. These big American conglomerates. I mean, the Mars Company, which has Skittles. They're out with their, um, well, what do you call these? Uh, rainbow Skittles. I get it. You know, rainbow Skittles because they're all rainbow color anyway. And uh, the, the thought here is that we're going to have all this LGBTQ packaging and people are getting angry. And some of the commentary you see now on social media is it is time to Bud Light them. I'm showing you a picture there of the new packaging for Skittles. Like I said, it's like they have uh, some kind of, they're gluttons for punishment. I mean, they just really are. Turning back to Target for a moment. Turning back to Target. I want you to see there's been a kind of an uproar over this wannabe pop star because she went into the store a store that's had so many problems with theft, by the way, huge problems. In fact, that was one thing that Brian Cornell talked about. He said theft is up 120% versus what it would normally be. So they're, they're really struggling on that front, trying to keep their stores secure. She went in and she wanted to tape a video for, um, well, whatever, her pop career. And she didn't have the permission or anything to just have a mob of people come in there and start dancing and start recording it. And so consequently... The store kicked her out, and then she alleged racism. I mean, wow. So take a look. This is the video here. I'm not playing you the song because we don't need to give her that favor. She marched into Target, and you see all these people. They're dancing, and it's being recorded, and she proudly posted this on Twitter saying, you know what, we got kicked out. This is racism, et cetera, et cetera. And the guys that are the security guys are kind of like just trying to do their job. And, you know, if your store gets suddenly taken over by a flash mob, then I don't know, like, what are you supposed to do? She's mad because they called the police. They called the police. How dare you call the police on my flash mob that just wants to dance in Target, right? I mean, this is, this is crazy. You're just supposed to bend over and say, okay, fine. You can just take over my store and shoot your video. 
I always wondered sort of how that other video got made, you know, the really successful song, Target on My Back or something, Target on My Kids. It, it became the number one song, remember, on, on iTunes. This is it. I'll play you a little portion. Right, you can see it went to number one. Well, and you can probably find the whole thing on YouTube or on iTunes if you want to watch it. But what was interesting about that is when they shot that, they didn't have like 20 people dancing in the aisles, they just had like a guy or two, right? So that was kind of smart. And so I always wondered, like, how'd they get away with that? Like, how were they shooting in the store? I mean, I think they were probably just using small cameras and not causing much of a disturbance. Versus, of course, the wannabe pop star that thinks it's racism to call the police on her when she just floods the place with her 20 some odd dancers. And, and that's being conservative in the estimate. Well, this was really neat. I loved the reaction that Twitter put out. Is in the old days before Elon Musk took over X, forgive me, X. Well, you know that that would have just gone totally viral. It would have been great. You know, everybody would agree that was so unfair for them to call the police on you. How dare they? Well, in the case of X Twitter today, here you go. So she posted this with this wild allegation, really wild allegation. And Twitter came back saying basically that she was infringing on stuff, right? The target has a clear policy prohibiting this kind of behavior. It is not right to assume that a target employee is racist because they're following the store's policy. And this is because the readers were adding context. So kind of interesting, all of it to watch. Something else that's interesting to watch, that would be the kangaroo court down in Fulton County, Georgia. I mean, unbelievable. You know the story. I told you about it in real time as it was going on. You had the indictment that was getting filed. Well, I mean, normally in like the real world, you would have a judge that would be delivered a verdict by a Supreme, by, forgive me, by the grand jury. So the grand jury listens to everything, hears it out has a verdict, which they submit to the judge, and then the judge would give that to the, to the prosecutor and to the, well, the, the clerks, right, the, the, the administrators that would then file it. But that's not what happened. No, 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 sorry. They had this all signed, sealed, and delivered before the grand jury ever even gave a verdict. It was so weird when Fannie Willis, who's the DA down there in Fulton County, when she was asked about it, here's what she said. We have new information because the, the woman who actually did file it has come forward. But watch Fannie Willis first. I am not an expert on clerks duties um, or even administrative duties. I wouldn't know how to work that system. And so I'm not going to speculate. Next question. <laughs> She's like, I'm out of here. I don't want any part of this. Well, um, the woman that did actually file this, she's also like, hey, you know, go easy. Like it was just an honest mistake. Here she is. Listen to this and, and we'll talk about it on the other side. As in an effort to handle the indictment perfectly, she messed up. I did a work sample in the system. And when I hit save, it went to the press queue. 
Some news reporters saw it before it was deleted. Alexander says what they saw was unofficial. It wasn't an official document. It wasn't official charges. It was the dry run. It was a work sample. Even ah, okay, dry run, just a work sample. I mean, even though it was like exactly the same, you know, I don't know. How's, how's that happen? It didn't have the official stamp of approval. I guess that was the thing. But clearly, you know, they had a view and they knew they were going to get, if you ask me, whatever they thought they wanted. I mean, otherwise, why would you be looking at that all typed up, ready to go? Ready to go. I mean, this is just wild. And, and we devoted yesterday's pretty much entire show to this issue. So I encourage you, you, if you haven't, go back and watch yesterday's live program because this is a big issue. They're going after Donald Trump, former president of the United States, on this racketeering charge. It allows them to bring all these different people in. It's very, very broad. I actually think it's going to set a terrible, terrible, terrible standard for the country because now, of course, well, any DA anywhere who has an axe to grind against a political opponent can actually go after them, and they will. Believe me, they will. And so I would, I would be very worried if I were Joe and Hunter Biden for a variety of reasons, let's be honest. I've reported on that, too. Um, very, very worried, but also because uh, Pandora's box has effectively been unleashed, totally unleashed as a result of this Fulton County judge. I mean, it used to be that you could, well, I don't know, maybe ask for a recount or something, right? Like, you know, think about how that's happened in the past. I mean, that, that shouldn't be entirely off limits. After all, after all, Stacey Abrams did it. She was celebrated for it in the New York Times because she, she wasn't willing to concede. And then you had Hillary Clinton for goodness sakes, I, I want you to never forget this. In August of 2020, before anybody had even cast a vote saying that if it was close, boy, oh boy, that Democrats would need to go into action. Here she is speaking on a podcast. You know, Joe Biden should not concede under any circumstances because I think this is going to drag out. And eventually, I do believe he will win if... We don't give an inch. Oh, yeah. Of course, it just depends on which team you're on, right? Who's the we? Because you weren't going to give an inch. But if he tries not to give an inch, well, then, you know, it's game over. I mean, this is, this is tough stuff. Really, really tough stuff. Listen, um, we got a great couple of shows coming up this week. We got to talk a little bit more about the economy, et cetera. We have on the show tomorrow... Charles Thorngren, he's the CEO of Legacy Precious Metals. That would be the sponsor of this show from the very beginning, one 589 You can give him a ring. He's going to be on tomorrow talking about all that's going on, uh, not politically, but just economically, right? We'll, we'll, we'll stick with that with him. But we want to get into that a little bit further. I want to thank you for joining the live show. If you have not done so already, it's really important that you actually subscribe. I'm going to put the subscribe button up there. Ah, not quite. But anyway, you get the idea. Make sure you subscribe. I think it's right down there on YouTube. Or if you're following on Facebook, make sure you follow me there so you can participate in these live shows. We are here pretty much every day. I love seeing Leslie back here with us as well as Chuck and Mark. Great to see you guys. Um, look, we, we've developed, I think, kind of an, a nice rapport and a nice community, a civil community. Can you say that right? But you never know. I mean, this is real. You never know. As a person who's who's out there and trying to put information out right now, when you're going to 
offend someone that doesn't want your viewpoint out there, right? So again, another really important reason to subscribe. I appreciate so many of you doing that. Willie, it's good to see you as well. Willie and Cordis again. Anyway, we'll continue the conversation tomorrow, but just know, you know what? We all have a voice. We all have a voice and we all have a wallet and we do not have to spend money with companies that are so blatantly just kind of shoving stuff in our face. I mean, hey, I think we're all pretty accepting individuals and very empathetic individuals. But when you literally want us to like drink the beer, like force it down our throats, or you're putting tuck friendly (laughs) swimsuits and merchandise designed by somebody who has a whole sideline of satanic inspired merchandise. I mean, what do you expect? What do you expect? Americans want to protect themselves, their culture, their families, their kids. And this is why it's important that when you, when you hear about one of these things, that you do take a stand. It, it all matters. Thank you so much for watching today. I will see you tomorrow.